Morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we talk about market conditions and market strategies. Where well, we're going to uh, take a look at what the market is. You know, we made it one more trip around the sun. Uh, it was a bumpy, uh, a bumpy ride, no doubt about it. Uh, it was a tough year. We had rates up in the eight percent, touched eight percent, first time since a long one, probably. Well, since I've been in the market, so. It's been a it's been a tough year. <clears throat> We're gonna um, go over actually very briefly what happened and then where we're headed from here. It looks like this trip around the sun is going to be a little more enjoyable, hopefully a little a little more fun in this one. So let's go to uh, what we did. Now we launched yesterday a quick version of Coffee with Casey, which is called Market in a Minute, and that only lasts ninety seconds. So I come in and I go over inventory and interest rates and. You know, next show, I'll do success rates and pricing and all the rest of that stuff. So what we want to do is we wanted to give people a quick view without having to watch all coffee with Casey. Um, and basically, if this market is turning and it will, uh, you're going to hear it first on, um, you know, market in a minute and coffee with Casey. So let's get into this. What Basically, what we talked about was last year, we had a lack of inventory. People were not putting their homes on the market. So that lack of inventory... Uh, is a pressure point on pricing. In other words, if there's not a lot of houses on the market, the pressure on pricing increases. So, you know, we're going to look at this, but more importantly, we look at the trending of where the inventory is headed. So last year, down 20%. Right now, across the board, down about 31%. So it did not get better over the last 90 days, right? But what we're going to watch every week is the 30 days to see how we're doing in the last 30 days. So here's your 30 day index where, you know, Vienna and McLean and, and Reston and all, some of these markets are actually increasing in inventory, which shows there is improvement. However, if you look at places like Centerville or, or Haymarket or Aldi or some of these markets, they are still suffering. They're down 40, 50%. So, so what does that mean, right? So what does that mean? How do you use this? So what it means is, that the fewer homes that are on the market, the more the inventory is down, the more advantage seller, right? So if you go on the market, and I'll show you how you use this in actual transactions, but when you go on the market, you don't have a lot of competition. So you can be a little more aggressive with your pricing. You can be a little more aggressive with your negotiating. So a person will come to us and say, <clears throat> well, I'm either looking at, uh, you know, they put in a price on a house, a contract on a house, they you know, we need to know because we're going to go find, you know, there's other houses we're looking at. And we look at them and go, where? Where? There's two other houses on the market. They've been on the market for 50 days and 80 days. Both of them are horrible and overpriced. So don't play that card on us that, you know, you're looking in another house. So again, what that does is it gives the realtor and the seller more leverage against the buyer. Now, let's say some of the inventory is out there and it may be a little heavy. Even though there's heavy inventory, doesn't mean it's good heavy inventory, right? We can still look at that and, and fine-tune it down and know who your true competitors are. So, so, But the inventory is what crushed the real estate market, and I don't mean just realtors. I mean settlement and title companies, mortgage companies, anybody that has any movers, anyone that has anything to do with people selling their home and moving, their business was dramatically reduced last year, and I mean by 20 30 40%. Um, you know, so we'll keep an eye on this every week. It's extremely important when we're negotiating contracts, 
you'll see that every city has their own. When in fact, I list a house, I make sure we know the inventory of that exact market, right? One to two mile radius, uh, prices up or down, you know, $100,000, $150,000. So, so we know if somebody's looking for a $1.2 million house, we know the market between $1 million and $1.4, who's available, what they are, price per square foot, percentage of assessment, and that's the way that we negotiate our contracts. So that's that's really, really important inventory. We'll keep a track on that. What derailed, really what derailed um, <clears throat> real estate in, in last year was the interest rates went through the roof. And if you want to talk interest rates, you really have to start talking in the oil fields and oil production and how much oil we create. Right now, we're, we I started sounding the alarm right about here, okay? We started to see oil production started to really boom, and then it kept going. Now it's 13.3 million, million barrels a day. That is extremely high. It's as high as it's been in a long, long time. So when oil prices go up, gas prices go down. Fuel goes down. Diesel goes down. So all of the prices go down. Now, what happens is when the price of fuel goes down, uh, inflation goes down. When inflation goes down, interest rates go down. The first stop when we're looking at interest rates is the 10-year uh, treasuries, right? So the 10-year treasuries are important because that is the market moving on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. And things will shake this market, like um, maybe uh, conflict in the Middle East with uh, Iran putting a ship in the, in the Red Sea. It may be jobs reports coming out, um, inflation numbers coming out, whatever it is, it's going to show up here first. So we keep an eye on the 10-year treasuries because the 30-year fixed is going to follow this rate, right? It should be. It should be 1.7% higher than that number right there, right? So if we look at where rates really are at about 6.6%, they've fallen, but not as much as they should, right? So they should be 1.7% over that, that treasury. They're not. Right, they're almost two points or two point five points. So, I'm sorry, two point seven. So, so what we want to do is we're going to keep an eye on the ten year treasuries. We know without a without a doubt that there is interest rate should be somewhere in the high fives. Should not be somewhere in the high sixes. Should be in the high fives. Now, as the banks calm down, as investors calm down and they see the trend is going down with the Fed dropping rates like they said they would and things like that, we'll start to see the banks accelerate their move down on interest rates. So while we're here in the interest rates, I want to talk about this for a second. If you're buying a house, right? If you're buying a house and you're looking to finance the house, do not pay points. So uh, a lender right? A lender can move up and down the interest rate up and down by charging you points, right? The more the points, the lower the rate. So you look at it, say it would take me 16 months to recover those points. That's not the way you want to look at it right now. You want to just have rate, just rates, no points, just pay no points right now. Because as the rates are going down, you're going to want to refinance that loan somewhere in the 12 to 18 month range. So you could start off right now with a 6.6 .6, and you could easily end up with a 5, 5.25 or even in the fours, you know, within 16 to 18 months. So, so when you're getting using lenders, 
Do not ask for a rate quote that has any points on it. Don't let them play that game with you. Just flat out, what's the interest rate? No points. I'll refinance it in 18 months. Do you know who music to the ears that is? The lender. Because the lender knows they have built-in refis coming within 18 months. So the question is, what is the cost of a refi? In other words, if I got to refi it in a year and a half, what does that cost? The cost is about an eighth of a point, right? So let's say you go from 6.75 to 5%. And you say, well, I don't want to pay a nickel to get this refinance. Then your interest rate would be maybe five point uh, five and an eighth. So that eighth of a point that pays all the fees. So you can literally go from 6.75 to five and an eighth at no cost. So, so my point to everyone is you want to get arms if you can, no, no, pay no points because we're in a dropping interest rate environment. And so that's the way you get your quotes. Now let's talk about the lenders. We um, have been in control of the market for quite a while. So we have not had a lot of uh, financing contingencies. Towards the end of the year with interest rates at 8% and the buyer pool was a little scarce, we took four financing contingencies. Two kicked out. That's why we don't do home financing contingencies. Because for whatever reason, um, you know, one was at TD Bank. You know, I've told you many times, I don't like using banks. I like using correspondent lenders who are the best, right? So sure enough, bank kicks out on another one. They kick out. But we saved both deals. We got them both done. I remember I said that the last trip around the sun was a little rocky. Yeah, that makes it really rocky when that happens. So we want to avoid the financing contingencies. We don't want, and what happens is if you overprice your house and you don't respond to the market correctly, you're stuck with a home inspection or a financing contingency. So we really need to be thoughtful about how aggressive we are when, when we go after that, okay? So, so let's just think about that. Um, when you're doing your interest rates, uh, when you're financing homes, uh, how you're dealing with lenders. Um, and again, I, you know, we put a stop to, to the, you know, you got to be a correspondent lender. You got to, you know, if you want to do a contract, you've got to, you've got to work with one of the correspondent lenders. They have multiple options. They have in-house underwriting. They're not a bank, a uh, lot more flexible. So, um, you know, even when we're taking financing now, now it's like, screw it. We're not taking any chances with any banks. Just stick with correspondent lenders. So First Heritage is who we use. A lot of the information I give you on financing is from a guy named Mike Filan, who's a senior VP at First Heritage. So if you're looking, you can get quotes, but you want to call Mike Filan at First Heritage. And I'm sure he's <clears throat> all over our website, but um, he's a rash on our website. But uh, he is our expert, and uh, and we trust him. He's the guy that gets the job done. So at least make sure he's one of the groups that's with you. So what do we got? We have... Um, inventory and we have interest rates and now interest rates are coming down. We have inventory that's starting to rise up, which is great. But understand this. When inventory is down, that is upward pressure on pricing. When interest rates are high, that is downward pressure on pricing. The two counterbalanced each other this year and, and basically prices stayed the same throughout the year. Okay. Pretty amazing. Now, what happens if inventory gets heavier? That's downward pressure on pricing. But 
interest rates are going down. That's upward pressure on pricing. So you see how this, the two of these work in unison with each other. Now, when both no inventory and interest rates were low, you see 2021, 2022, where prices went up 20, 25%. That's what happened. So we'll keep an eye on both of those as we go. And I think that when they both went down, when inventory was down and interest rates were down, I believe I called that the perfect storm and told everybody to watch out. And what happened was a freaking hurricane came through and blew prices up to crazy, crazy levels. All right. So we'll keep an eye on that. Now, the success of each market, this is what we have to look at. These are homes under a million dollars in the markets you see. And we're looking at Vienna, Oakton, Oak Hill, Centerville, uh, Haymarket, all the, you know, all the markets that we deal in. And the success rate means if there's 10 houses on the market, how many homes are those are under contract? Well, in Vienna and Oakton, everything under a million dollars under contract. So anytime it gets 80% of the homes are under contract, that's crazy seller's market. Anytime it gets over 60, that means seller's market. Under 40, buyer's market, okay? So we look at the success rate when we're listing a house to say, you know, 84% of the houses in Haymarket are under contract. So we can be a little more aggressive with that, right? But if only 43 in Ashburn are under contract, we need to be a little more conservative. We need to test harder. Um, we need to understand that there's a lot of competition out there. So, so one of the first stops when you're looking at selling a house, we really need to know what the success rate is in that market and that price range, right? Now these are homes over a million. Look at the difference, right? In Western Lyon County, 8% of the homes over a million dollars are under contract. 40% in Ashburn, 43% in Aldi, Vienna, 43%. So what does that tell you? Over a million dollars in most markets, it's a buyer's market. Now, Centerville is 100%. They only have two homes. They're both under contract. So that's kind of a misread. But if you look across the board, we are in buyer's markets over a million dollars. We're in seller's markets above, I'm sorry. We're in seller's markets below a million dollars. And we're in buyer markets above a million dollars. So if you're looking for a $1.3 million house, now's the time to go out and find something. And again, when you buy it, get your five or seven year arm, pay no points, and then float that right down. And oh, here's another thing when you're financing. Do I lock my rate or let it float, right? Lock your rate. When you're with a correspondent lender, you can lock that rate and then float it down, right? If you, you'll have a float down. So lock it in so you're, it goes no higher. And then as rates go down, you will, you'll start going down. So you can relock at a lower rate when the time comes. So just a, a tip again from Mike that buyers in this market, let, you know, lock it in and then let it float down. Okay. Don't be stuck on just interest rates. You need to know, and that's why I'm emphasize correspondent lenders. There's nothing to stop a bank from saying, sorry, we're not going to do this loan. There's nothing to stop a broker from going, sorry, I can't place this loan. I know I promised, but I can't place this loan. Forget them. Correspondent lenders, in-house underwriting, most reputable guys work their tail off, and girls, um, work, their, work their tail off. Um, and with their in-house appraisal, underwriting, that's your best chance of a deal going through. So this is something else when I'm listing a house in this spring is 
what's our current success rate right now? And that's what we'll go off of. These are charts, a featured community we had uh, this week was Haymarket, where we're looking at a 3,000 square foot house built in 2000, you know, $860,000. But that is exactly where it was in 2022. So see, what we have is we have prices that were flat. You know, I did a little bump before the interest rate set up, but currently they're exactly where they were in 2020. So, and that's consistent around the whole area. So we haven't moved up or down based on high interest rate or no, no inventory. We're dead on flat, okay? So we look at, at Haymarket and say, okay, the number is flat. Then we're gonna see, well, what would that house cost around the, around the market, right? Now, for those of you that can't see this, I'm showing a map of the Dulles Corridor, and then I'll show you a map of the Route 66 Corridor. And in the Dulles Corridor, it starts in McLean. A 3,000 square foot house built in 1990 cost $1.65 million. In Vienna, $1.3 million. Reston, $115. Now we get out to Potomac Falls uh, in that Cascades area, $940. Get out to Ashburn. It, that same home that was worth $1.65 in McLean, uh, I would say the drive out to Ashburn is maybe 20 minutes on the toll road. You save uh, $700,000, $750,000. If you were to go to Leesburg, it's still about 900. Now, nine, the reason why Leesburg is not going lower is because Leesburg is an employment center. You know, that is a, that small town and, and you're going to pay a premium for being close to the town. So that's 900. And then when you get out to Percyville, that same house in Round Hill or Percyville is $850,000. So basically you could buy twice as much home if you went out to Percyville and Round Hill as you did in McLean. But there's where it is. And you can look at the quarter and, and see that the farther out we go, the lower the prices get. Now, again, remember, these are all 3,000 square foot homes built in 1990. But the farther out you get, usually that number is closer to 2,000. The, the, um, the year is, is 2,000 because they didn't build a lot in 1990. So now let's look down the uh, the uh, Route 66 corridor. Again, we start in McLean at 165, Vienna at 13. Oakton and Vienna are dueling it out. It used to be a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand dollar difference between a Vienna home and an Oakton home. Oh, boo on you! Let me get back to that spot because that's a good one. All right. So a Vienna and Oakton, you know, used to be like this. Now they're very close. Well, we need to know that when, when we're pricing houses, we need to know what is the average in Ruston or in Oakton, what is the average in Vienna? As you go down the Route 50 corridor and Route 66 corridor, you see the same house, 3,000 square feet, 918,000. Let's call it 900,000. So let's say there's a $400,000 difference between Vienna and Centerville. Let's say there's a... Uh, $330,000 difference between the same house in Oakton versus Centerville. And then as you go down the road, you go all the way to uh, $862,000 for that 3,000 square foot house. So that's clearly half the price of McLean. So, you know, the things that we want to remember as we take this next trip around the sun is Prices remain stable. Interest rates are heading down. 
Um, inventory was down last year, which kept prices up. But now there are some markets that are starting to recover. And that's the that's what we're going to watch on market in a minute. That's what we're going to watch on Coffee with Casey. Um, right this second, a little bit stagnant. Um, it's a little stagnant because, you know, people don't really, the, the, the real estate spring starts on January the 15th. So the action is going to start in about 10 days and then it's going to fly. So we're either inventory is up or inventory is down and we're going to, we'll follow that every step of the way. But as far as pricing is concerned, it's right where it was, hasn't gone up, hasn't gone down. Um, we've given some tips for the buyers that are using financing, uh, only use correspondent lenders. Do not take any points when you're asking for quotes on your rate. Refinance it in 16 to 18 months. That cost will only be an eighth of a point. So, you know, when you go down, you could put that eighth of a point on the loan and, um, and pay zero when you refinance. So those are the strategies. That's the market conditions and the strategies to start off the next trip around the sun, 2024. We'll be with you all year, Wednesdays. Uh, Julie will put it up sometime in the afternoon. And uh, on Thursdays, you can catch me here at 10, 10.30 in the morning. So you've listened to Coffee with Casey. My name is Casey Sampson. You can reach me at 703-508-2535. And I'll tell you another thing that really kind of we're looking forward to this year. So last year, we were the number one team in um, in the state of Virginia, medium team. And again, there are small teams, and there are large teams, and there are medium teams. Large teams, we don't feel are good because the principal is doing nothing but managing people, agents, back office, not selling houses. Small teams are good, but we feel you need more volume. Uh, we did 160 million. You need more volume to afford this incredibly high-tech fine uh, um, marketing that we do. It's expensive. Uh, the pictures are expensive, but you got to have it. So I feel that a medium team of 10 agents and under, everybody's a top producer. There's no micromanaging. Everybody knows what they're doing. Uh, and we can afford this top-flight assistance, top-flight marketing, uh, top-flight pictures, so we're proud of the fact that we were number one in the state of Virginia. Now, what we didn't know was that lights you up to the number one teams everywhere around the country because at the Wall Street Journal and Real Trends, we got them all. So let's say somebody has a, um, a parent in Phoenix, Arizona, and they're getting ready to sell their house. We can put them in touch with the number one agent in Phoenix based on real trends and Wall Street Journal, and they don't mess around. When you look at top agents or top tens, you know, you got to look at somebody that's really authoritative, like, um, like Wall Street Journal, like real trends. And so what we do, and ain't, there's no messing around, we're in touch, we can be in touch with the first, the top agent in every one of those markets. So if you're looking for the Casey Sampson team in Des Moines, Iowa, got them in Phoenix, Arizona, got them. Lakeland, Florida, got them. So that is important because I'll hear about somebody's house being on the market for two years or three years or, you know, this and that. Da, da, da. Look, not all realtors are the same. If you're going to operate in a market that has high tech 
And yes, a lot of this AI stuff and all the marketing. If you're going to be with somebody like that, you need to have a top, top agent. The separation between people that get their license and do real estate and the real top professionals goes just like that. So you want your friends, family, business associates, and most importantly, yourself in the hands of one of the top teams uh, in that area that knows what they're doing. Work with professionals. My name is Casey Sampson. This has been Coffee with Casey. 703-508-2535. Or you can check out these podcasts or YouTubes or whatever Julie does with them at CaseySampson.com. We'll see you again next week at 1030. Bye now.